Welcome to the Unveiling Grace podcast, a place to experience a grace that heals. Allow this grace to take your life and your relationships to another level as it frees you from the weight of performance-based religion. Enjoy another episode as Joel Groh and Lynn Wilder share encouraging stories and candid dialogue that can help you experience a grace that heals. Welcome to another episode of the Unveiling Grace podcast. I'm Lynn Wilder. And I'm Joel Grote, and we're so glad you've chosen to join us. This is part two in a topic that Lynn and I keep coming across as people come to faith in Christ, as people encounter things about the performance-based religion that becomes unsettling or untrue, and suddenly you have one partner in the marriage that no longer accepts their performance-based religion and the other partner is still all in. How do you navigate that sort of tension? Does the Bible give us any principles on what happens in those scenarios? So Lynn, do you have any examples of where that's happened? Because what we want to do is really, I think we're talking to the person who's left their performance-based religion or transitioning out of it and just want to know, okay, how do I how do I manage what can be really tense times at times to navigate? Well, the Bible does have good advice for these things. If you follow Christ, um, he has a lot of good things he and Paul to say about this. <laughs> um, and yes, we encounter it often. I think it's a normal thing when folks are first transitioning from Mormonism to want to share that information with your spouse. And if the spouse isn't taking it in to sometimes be loud about it or aggressive about it or or leave information out of your computer at a certain website or something, um, that approach typically does not work with people. No, we had some guy who was leaving stacks of material on his wife's nightside stand and she was just picking it up and shoving it in without even looking at it. So that's right. Well, this is one of my favorite verses. We've been in, we were in First Peter um, 3 last time we were together. Now it's First Peter 4, 8. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly, since love covers a multitude of sins. The first thing I think you need to decide is that if I go a different direction, that doesn't mean that my marriage has to be over. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it it doesn't mean either that your spouse has to come along and be exactly in the same place you are at the exact time you are. This is actually a good challenge for us, right? To learn to be humble, to listen, but to be respectful of that other person's point of view. So let me tell you about a wonderful woman called me up one day, very excited about learning performance-based religion was not true and coming to Christ. But she just kept dealing with her priesthood husband and telling him things. And at the dinner table, showing him history and bringing books home and just trying, assuming that he's going to be as excited as she is about this information. Well, he was so irritated at one point. He called the Wilders up. Oh, my. (laughs) Both on the phone. And he was quite angry, uh, yelling at us because she had been 
talking to us. This can be a really tricky situation. Yes. I can tell you when people come after our ministry um, and they don't understand us, that we try to be more than gracious, right? Like this, like this verse, loving one another earnestly, love covers a multitude of sins. I actually right. had a woman say to me one time on my Facebook, I was shocked how you answered me, right? With graciousness and respect, and then went into a private conversation um, over Messenger. So it's been several years now. This woman is still excited about Jesus. She's been in Bible study fellowship. She has found a wonderful church. She is in the word all the time. She's always making cute little art things with Bible verses. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. God had really got a hold of her heart. She's found a whole new group of friends that are believers, but her husband has not come along, and it has been so. Wow. But here's here's good news. I think they're still together. They have a large family of children and grandchildren, and the grandchildren are at their homes. And certainly this is important. Family is important. Yes. Mormons teach it's all about family. It is all about family and having faith in Christ or biblical faith in Christ or not does not have to break up a marriage. Right. And that's something we've said, I know, as a ministry, and I personally, as I've counseled people is you need, God is all about your marriage. God is all about relationships. And you may not be the one who convinces your spouse or your child or your own parent, maybe what God needs for you is just to be that loving, kind, respectful person in their life who when they do get to a point where maybe something comes up, you're there for them to talk to. So do what you need to do to preserve that relationship. And like we talked about last week, and we were looking at 1 Corinthians 7, where Paul says, hey, If you're married to an unbeliever and the unbelieving spouse is willing to stay with you, you don't leave them. You don't know that God's not going to use you to to save them. Um, Again, there's no guarantees, but we were just talking about God has called us to peace. And I think with that is something you've already mentioned, which is God also in our relationships calls us to humility. And so, you know, Philippians 2, 3, and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of others. And when the the newly Christian spouse, I think, begins to put that into practice, within performance-based religion, even though they would probably subscribe to that, they would say, well, I believe that's true. Really, when you look at how life is within a performance-based religious context, It's all about what do I need to do to to preserve my standing with God? What do I need to do to make sure I'm right with God? What do I need to do to make sure I feel good about me? And it's really not looking to the interest of somebody else. And so when a believer can do this, when they can say, you know what? I value my unbelieving spouse. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to take the time, you know, to even hear them out, to be kind, to love them, to serve them. That just brings, I think it brings a freedom for the Holy Spirit to work um, in their life. But, but that's our call. Our call is to consider others as better than ourselves and to walk with that humility. 
and allow them to express whatever emotional um, expressions they need to. So they may need to blow off steam. They may be angry. They may be aggressive. There may be all kinds of things going on because this isn't what they expected from their marriage. Right. And, and, and those things are very normal stages to work through. And rather than fighting yes. against them, kind of allowing them and supporting your spouse through all of that. Right. And I think that's part, part of that humility is saying, okay, if it was switched, okay, if it was my spouse who had come to faith in Christ and I'm still the believing Mormon or I'm still the believing Jehovah's Witness or I'm still the believing whoever in the performance-based religious group, how would I feel? How, what would I be struggling with? What sense of betrayal or abandonment or rejection? And just try to think about, okay, this is what they're feeling. Okay, if, if this is what they're feeling, if it was me, how might I respond and if I responded that way, what sort of counter response would most impact me? What would impact me? What would draw me in? And like scripture says, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. Um, that's what draws us in. I think of 2 Timothy 2, 24 through 26, that says, you know, the Lord's servant must not quarrel. Instead, they must be kind to everyone, even those who oppose, in the hope that God will grant the person repentance. They'll come to their senses. They'll escape the trap of the devil because they're in his trap doing his will. And I've had people say, wait, wait, wait. It says, be kind to everyone? It's like, yeah, everyone is everyone. Gentleness, respect, and kindness. Right. Says. So those are, yeah, that's, we want to encourage people to move in that direction. And there aren't, again, there aren't guarantees, but so much of it depends on where your focus is, where your identity is, and where your own security is. And so if our security is in our relationship with God, if we're secure as an adopted child of God, we know we have his favor, we have his love, and he loves our spouse, our unbelieving spouse, more than we do. He cares more deeply about our unbelieving spouse, even if maybe they're oppositional to us, than we do. And so because God loves them, then we love them and we seek to minister to them. We seek to serve them. Um, I had one family, I one family I worked with, a lady called us up and I know they wouldn't mind if I mentioned their names uh, because they're both believers now, but Noreen called me up from uh, from Northern Ireland and said, I need to talk to somebody. I've been a Mormon. I'm married to a Mormon. My family's Mormon, but I don't think it's true anymore. And, you know, I need to do, what do I do? Because my husband and his whole family. And so counseled her, got her connected with a mentor. Um, she came to faith in Christ or at least renewed her faith in Christ. Uh, and, but now she's in a marriage where she's left the Mormon church because she said, I just, I can't go there. I can't attend there. Fortunately, her husband was very gracious, um, wasn't opposed to her visiting another church. But for 10 years, mm. she prayed, um, she hung in there and she suffered. I mean, she was, there were times she was incredibly lonely. There were times she was, felt incredibly, even just separate from the whole rest of the family that was all very, very committed uh, LDS. And yes, she had friends at church, but 
The thing is, she stayed. And one of the biggest things that helped her stay was these verses in 1 Corinthians 7 and in 1 Peter that says, no, stay with the unbelieving spouse if they're willing to have you. And he wasn't making any moves toward, you know, toward divorce or anything like that. And so 10 years later, right around Christmas time, I got an email from her husband. Now, I had never had any contact with him whatsoever. Um, I didn't even know if he knew I existed. It just been support and stuff in the background, encouragement, connecting with people. But now I get this email and I'm realizing, oh, this is from Bob. Why is he writing me? And so I was a little bit of trepidation, you know, reading through. And he says, okay, I just found out about you. But what he was writing to tell me was that a couple months previous, he had accepted Jesus. That through his wife's prayer and some talk and some things he ran across, he finally met with one of the pastors of her church and got the gospel explained to him really clearly for the first time he recognized his need and he became a believer. And so after 10 years, and he was just writing, he was writing to say, thank you. I didn't even know you existed, but from what my wife tells me, you're one of the main reasons why I still have a marriage and my wife has stayed with me all this time. And so you've been a part of saving my marriage and helping save my soul. And I'm just so grateful. So it's just an amazing thing. To me, it's also one of those benefits of being in ministry for a long time, because it's been, you know, I think a little over 30 years for me. And it's not easy ministry to be in. But just to say, you know, so 10 years. So two things. One, don't give up hope continue to pray, continue to trust. And what Noreen did is she let it drive her to God. What all those years of hardship drove her deeply, deeply into the arms of Jesus. So he became her focus. He was enough for her to get her through. Um, Here, here's something that I learned, at least in my own life through this procedure. When I was Mormon, I would have thought that I had to control it, right? I had to make people do the right thing. <laughs> I, I had to give it to them. It was my it was my responsibility. As a Christian, my God is big. He loves my spouse even more <laughs> than I do. And it's not that I ignore the situation, but when you're in constant prayer and in connection with the Holy Spirit of God, you get feedback or nudges, right? And you can yes. specifically mm-hmm. ask, is it time or not? Should I say this or not? I mean, literally, I remember in my mind, often it's like I'm always having a conversation with God. Yes. Right? So mm-hmm. In my mouth now, is this a good time? Is somebody going to walk in? You know, um, you can get that kind of direction when you're connected to the word and connected to the Holy Spirit and in prayer. God knows when people's times are and if people's times are. I mean, some people never want Jesus in their lives. Yeah. And like there are no no guarantees. Your heart, right? right? Only God knows a human heart. You can't see it from the outside, but he can give you a sense, right? Yes. Um, if it's a good time and if this is a good thing to do or not do. So I'm not, I don't, I don't want the audience to think we're saying don't do anything. Oh no. Yeah, absolutely. Be attentive and be open because it's amazing the times 
where I've been in conversation with somebody and all of a sudden had a thought, had a question come into my yeah. mind that I'd never considered and decided, okay, um, this must be there from the Holy Spirit. And you ask that question or you raise that, that particular topic. And it's like, the person was just ready for it. That was, and that's, yeah, that's the beauty, I think, of that walk. And I really think that's kind of what scripture means when it talks about praying without ceasing. Yeah. I don't think praying mm-hmm. without ceasing is that we're constantly in this verbal, maybe throwing stuff up at God, but it is prayer being communication because of the Holy Spirit within us. We can be in constant communication with God and have him do those nudges. Now, sometimes the challenge is you get the nudge and you get the question. It's like, okay, do I have the courage to act on this? <laughs> and there've been times when I've had a nudge and I'm like, really God, you think now I mean, and this person and now? Yes. Um, and the thing is, I've never regretted going with the Holy Spirit nudge. I wish I could say, I just always do it. Sure, when God nudges me, I just step in. No, sorry. There have been times I've chickened out. There have been times I'm like, no. And God's big enough to handle that. But there's never been a time when I have done it that I've regretted it. So in Mormonism, I would have thought, oh, I messed up. God's not happy with me. Now my flowers are going to die or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Here's another thing I learned about walking with this God of the Bible. If I don't get it the first time, he just brings it around again. I get another opportunity and another opportunity. And maybe I screwed up the second time too, or the third time. But maybe I step into it when I nudge the fourth time and... I see this God is loving, right? The yes. sanctification pro- process as something that just comes back around. Yes. And that's, I think that's the beauty of seeing your spiritual life as a process. We had a, a dearly loved pastor, was a pastor for a lot of years. And one of his favorite sayings was the process is the goal. Mm. In other words, in your Christian life, you're committed to the process. That is your goal, staying in the process, staying intimate with Jesus, letting him work and develop and take you where he's going to take you. And knowing because you have his love and approval because of what Jesus has done for you, you can mess up a thousand times and God doesn't love you any less. And you can get it exactly right. And really God doesn't love you anymore. He can't love you anymore because he loves you fully. And so that's where your that's where your peace is. And he's able to work all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. I, I love that verse because that means even if I royally mess it up, yeah. God still has the ability to take even that screw up and turn it to good because I am loved and I am called according to his purpose. So And I'm really glad we went here today because I think we often talk about a relationship with Jesus, but we're not um, always articulate about what it's like for a Christian. And so I'm glad we've gone here today, Joel. Thank you. Oh, well, it's it's a great place to be. And, And that's our encouragement. So whether you're a new believer, because I know in some of our support groups, We've got people that have just come to faith in Jesus and they're even now, they haven't even told their spouse yet where they're at. Um, And I read just a quick note that we got in our, you know, in our last, in our previous episode. But for, so for those people just know God has got you. 
He's got your back. He wants to lead you. What he wants more than anything else is your trust in his goodness, your, tr- your trust in his love for you. Um, and so follow closely on the heels of Jesus. Maybe for the person who's been a believer longer and they're still in that marriage where there's religious division or separation, he wants you to know him so that your joy is in him regardless of whatever the other circumstances are. And the pressure's off. There's no pressure to convert a spouse. You can't anyway. We can't be anybody's Holy Spirit. Um, So, yeah, well... It's been great to cover this. Just hope that it has, we just want it to be incredibly helpful. And feel free to write us via our unveilinggracepodcast.com website. You can contact um, Lynn or myself directly. If this is, you know, brought up a question or a concern, right? We're happy to address this sort of stuff in future podcasts um, and help you out. I have one more point to make before okay. we leave this, Joel. Um I think when I was LDS, I saw aggression or anger as a bad thing. And you and I have talked before about how anger always comes from another emotion. It's, it's, a, it's a secondary emotion. Yes. I would have been afraid of that, right? Because everything nice, look nice <laughs> should look nice and be nice and feel nice. But what I've learned from being a Christian is God sometimes takes those moments that are very uncomfortable and uses them for good. So someone couldn't get angry one second, but it's because they're being convicted by the Holy Spirit and they're just about to surrender, right? And they don't like what's happening to them. So you can't always tell from the outside and... And you should just allow that gentleness to flow through you and allow the other person to have their emotions and not yes, be afraid absolutely. Of, of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, you see Jesus doing that. You see in the Gospels, Jesus letting people express doubt, fear, frustration, and he's good with it all. He loved people where they were and loved them for who they were. Um, because that's who our loving God is. And always, and I think we said it last time too, scripture says that with God, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. And so that's just so key uh, to knowing that we have a kind God. We have a God who's for you, who's pursuing you. And today though, anybody who's listening, that maybe you're saying, wait, I'm the LDS person and my spouse is the new believer. And I think they've abandoned faith and marriage and all the stuff that's important to me. So if you're the faithful Latter-day Saint, you're the believer and your spouse is the person who no longer maybe believes in the Book of Mormon or Joseph Smith, then let me offer some words of encouragement to you. Heavenly Father has a plan for your marriage. Heavenly Father is a faithful God. And he wants you, as the Latter-day Saint spouse, to be faithful to your partner. I'd like to offer three things that you can do, because I know this is a very difficult situation. It's hard to be in a relationship where the people aren't on the same page religiously or spiritually. But I think, as a faithful Latter-day Saint, there are three things that you can do that Heavenly Father will honor if you do them. And the first is this look at your spouse's life 
do they show the fruit of the spirit are they evidencing love joy peace goodness gentleness kindness self-control if so that's a sign that the holy spirit is working in their life and that should be an encouragement to you second listen to their heart are they for the marriage uh, do they still love god do they still have a heart for you and your family if so once again this is evidence that the holy ghost is at work in their heart and then thirdly try to learn together even if they may not still believe in the Book of Mormon or the unique Latter-day Saint scriptures, they should still accept the Bible as scripture. So use that as your point of common ground to learn together. I would recommend the letter written by the Apostle Paul to the Christians at Ephesus. It's a great letter that talks about grace. It talks about marriage. It talks about uh, managing emotions. And so to sit down with your spouse and simply read scripture together and pray and ask that God's Holy Spirit would teach you both what he would have you learn from the scriptures. Like I said, I know as a faithful Latter-day Saint, it can be really difficult when your spouse no longer believes like you, but Heavenly Father loves you and he's for your marriage. And I think if you look to him and trust him, there may be encouragement and hope there for you. So Lynn, does that make sense to you? It does. Thank you for a wonderful conversation today. Grace and peace, doll, and audience, until next time. And please forgive me if I'm a little um, behind with my emails. I did have COVID and was quite ill for a while. Yeah, we're really glad to see you back in ministry. So yeah, absolutely. Grace and peace, y'all. So long. Thank you for listening to the Unveiling Grace podcast. Join us next time for another conversation devoted to helping your life and relationships flourish. As always, you can find show notes, program transcripts, and leave us your comments and questions at unveilinggracepodcast.com. For a limited time, we are offering the Wilder's book, Seven Reasons We Left Mormonism, for a donation of any amount. Go to unveilinggracepodcast.com and click on the free book button to request yours. We greatly appreciate your support for the Unveiling Grace podcast, where you can experience a grace that heals.